Keeping your prices reasonable in powder coating is important to stay competitive, but restoration is labor intensive and time consuming. How do you manage both? Using an efficient method of chemical stripping can help keep those costs down. In this month-long product focus on stripping, we sit down with the president of Benko Sales, Miss B17 herself, Valerie Lennon. Valerie is committed to bringing you quality as well as preserving small businesses' availability and access to her line of efficient and effective products. She shares everything you need to know about how to get started stripping using her methylene chloride-based products. We talk safety, best practices, as well as some of the new less toxic stripping products. Let's get ready to level up your powder coater game. Welcome to episode nine. I'm Kim Scott, your host of the Powder Coder podcast, where we interview influencers and cover trending topics in the industry so powder coders can effectively learn and grow their business. Today's episode was uh, inspired by uh, a shout out to Brian Moreland. Uh, he's been following our podcast since day one, and he loves the show. And he wrote to us a few weeks ago uh, and wanted to know if we would consider um, interviewing someone with uh, stripping. And so that his pod, his email went, I would consider myself a semi-pro barn coder, LOL. I'm wanting to move up into powder coating bigger things. And I've uh, been doing roll cages, buggy frames, wheels, etc. I was curious if you guys would be interested in having a show based on stripping and stripping chemicals. What chemicals work best? Uh, how effective are they on different materials? And um, how long do you leave them submerged? And where do you buy them? And uh, what uh, what companies do you recommend? Thanks, Brian. And uh, to introduce today's guest, uh, we have an American-made product, high-quality control, proven effectiveness, no costly shipping, and today we're introducing Valerie Lennon, President and COO of Benco B17. Hi, Valerie. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for that long-winded introduction. Sorry about that. Uh, but I wanted to give a shout out to Brian for the inspiration. So how long have you been working in the industry? Um, I've been with Benco for um, a little over eight years now. Um, I moved to, we're in, we're in Tennessee, and I moved here um, when um, the previous owner, who had been in business for 40 years, decided to retire and a partner and myself purchased Benco from him. And um, it's been an amazing adventure. It's a great company. It sounds like it. Um, I, will, I, I will admit that we are Benco uh, users ourselves, B17. And I think we started purchasing the product about three years ago. Um, so, but what do you do there? What's the day-to-day -day, uh, for you there? Oh, well, all aspects of the business. Um, we have, um, I manage the manufacturing. 
you know, the plant manager reports to me, I work on new business, um, new marketing, new ideas and new products. Um, when we deal with new products, um, the previous owner usually comes in since he was a um, chemical engineer and he likes to keep him, keep involved because he misses it terribly. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's all things, there's all kinds of things. And then Benko also has their own fleet of trucks that travel the United States to um, deliver product. So we ship common carrier and we have our own trucks. And that becomes a little bit of a, um, it's a wonderful benefit because our customers get to know our truck drivers, invite them in for lunch. It's really personal. But in this industry, in this world today, truck drivers are hard to come by. So unfortunately, it does create a little bit of a hiccup in shipping at times. Um, when we're only down to two drivers or something like that. But otherwise, it's a busy day at Benco. I bet. Now, you also have, I'm not sure of the relationship there, but there's another company called Bestway. How are the two interrelated or are they related at all? Well, they were interrelated a number of years ago in that um, my business partner owned Bestway. And together, we put Benco together with Bestway. and. Um, essentially merged. Um, Bestway had furniture stripping products and Bestway is really now a branded product within Benco. They were um, a smaller size company in comparison to Benco. And so we, we make and service the Bestway customers. So there, um, there are other, I'm going to say this wrong, methylene chloride, right? Is that how you say it? Yes, we have methylene chloride based products as well as um, non-methylene chloride products. Um, we have methylene chloride based products have been leading in the industry for so many years due to the fact that it's the most cost effective way to strip. And it's so quick that you're minimizing your exposure to your chemical. As long as you have your safe practices in place, it's a very advantageous product to go with. And it's blended, of course, with other things. It's not just straight methylene chloride. Right. Now, but there are other methylene chloride uh, companies out there that sell this uh, base products with this chemical. But what makes B17 so popular or so much better? Because it's the most cost-effective and time-efficient product that's out there. Um, it's blended. It has a lovely blend of acids that helps permeate that coating in order for the B17 to get um, to the substrate to delaminate the powder coat from it. You will notice when you use B17, you have um, sheets of powder coat that come off. It's because it's been delaminated, essentially. It doesn't eat away at the powder. And because it doesn't eat away at the powder, you don't lose your strength in your stripper you will lose some stripper due to evaporation, depending on heat in the area, the ambient heat. Of course, in Hawaii, I'm sure that you notice a little bit more evaporation than somebody would in um, Wisconsin. Right. Um, but as long as you keep it covered um, and manage it properly, you won't have a lot. We do have some, also some ingredients to help minimize that evaporation and, and um, hinder it from going so quickly. Um, but you will find that it is the fastest and most effective. And then all you have to do is top it off. Um, it's very infrequent that you would have an added, a costly additive or anything like that to our B17. 
So on your website, um, you say that B17 is, uh, has, you give three reasons why it's safer than other strippers. And I'll just name them here. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's fast acting, you have less exposure. I think you covered that already. Um, and yeah. because it works without having to scrub, uh, which means you, you're not interacting uh, with, with it hands-on where you don't have to. Um, and because it's completely neutralized with water, there's less chemicals involved. So are those some of the additives that you put in there that is what interacts with the water? How does it neutralize? Um, well, it, okay. All right. Let's see here. How do I explain this? Um, when you use B17, we recommend, well, it's imperative that you have a water bath process. You lower your your wheel or your item you're going to strip into the B17. You wait for it to delaminate. You take it out of the B17, allow all the excess to drop back into the B17 tank, and then you move your item to a water bath tank. The purpose of the water bath tank is to neutralize any acids that were left in the nooks and crannies and to um, trap any trace chemicals. And that water will do its best when it's at a neutral pH between 8 and 10. Once you've put it through the water bath, you know, it's not, it's like a 30-second minute thing. It's not, not like you have to leave it in there for an hour. Then you can take it out and you can rinse it because it will be chemical-free. And once dry, you can repowder. And so it's a pretty quick, from beginning to end, it's a pretty quick turnaround, which is especially great for the smaller customers that, need to have quick trigger run in order to push business out. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was, I, I must admit, I, my husband was going, you know, definitely was one of those people. And I'm sure you've heard this before where they, once they got it and they started utilizing it or using it for stripping, it was like, why did we wait this long? Um, it was, uh, uh, I guess we should have probably invested in, you know, in it a lot longer than, you know, because we had been struggling. We'd been buying um, stripper at Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever we could get it. Of course, being on an island, if somebody comes in and beats you to that shelf, uh, then you're really out of luck as in you're waiting another week or two before it gets restocked. Uh, so it has really been um, a godsend for our business and has allowed us to keep our prices reasonable, especially with rim stripping and powder coating. Um, so it's mm-hmm. definitely helped helped our business tremendously. And I, I, I totally recommend the product in that sense, you know. Now, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, so recently, the EPA... We got a notice from you guys, I think, late last year, uh, where we had to sign a document um, because recently the EPA banned the use of methylene chloride, uh, the active ingredient in many paint strippers from retail stores. Uh, If you are a professional with a business ID, you can buy your product. Um, Has has this hurt your sales in, in any way? No, it has not. And let me give you a little bit of the background with the EPA. Um, I was involved in all the panel discussions as well as the previous owner, the chemical engineer. 
And the whole reason the EPA went this route is there were too many people, there were a few people, I shouldn't say too many, there were a few people that purchased over-the-counter methylene chloride-based products from retail stores, but they did not read the label nor heed any safety warning and may have locked themselves in a room to strip something and they were overcome by the fume, which is, is similar to somebody closing their uh, garage door and letting their car run. You know, it's right. just, you can't, it's just not, you can't do that. You need good ventilation. So with that said, they took it out of the retail market and because businesses typically have OSHA standards in place and practice safe, safe stripping methods um, that, and because it's so important in the industrial world to have that efficiency, that's why, we can say we can sell it as a business to business, right? And so, basically, how does um, I guess you just need to show a business idea? Of course, we were already buying, right. so I think you already had that information. Uh, what exactly yeah. does a business need to provide uh, you guys? What are they looking for? Well, what we need to have. And it may never be looked at. We we don't know. But what we do is we need to prove that you're, we're selling to a business. And so a federal ID number is always the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Federal ID number, a sales tax number, um, anything that proves that you're in a registered business. And that's it. And so, uh, so for powder coaters uh, that don't meet these minimum requirements, uh, is there another product that they can buy or are they just stuck with going to Home Depot every time? Well, no, they, and going to Home Depot, they won't find a powder coat stripper that works. Um, right. You can, we have two products. We have um, our B96, which is a cold product. You know, you could just, but it's going to take a while. You know, you might leave something in overnight or it might take three hours. Um, and then we have our, our new B17 Eco Strip, which is a product that you need to heat. Uh, it only needs to heat to 185 degrees. And um, we found we have some customers that have been using it in Chicago, and they found that they're getting an hour and a half strip times on Durango wheels, Porsche wheels, all the, the wheels that have been pretty stubborn. Um, but they've been getting really fast strip times, so a lot of people really like it. Um, of course, you have to have, be able to have a heated tank, or we have heated tanks we've developed um, that work really nicely. And um, so for the people just starting out, they can do that. Or I have a starter kit, which is a drum with a drum heater, and they can get the whole package shipped to them with a drum of the eco strip and the heating, the drum with the drum heater so that they can strip um, that way on a small scale. And how big is that drum? Um, it's a 55-gallon drum. It's a 55-gallon metal drum with a drum heater. And then we also supply the 55 gallons of the EcoStrip product. And in that package comes some safety gear, um, you know, the rubber apron, uh, disposable face mask, some gloves, and then also a siphon pump to um, transfer the liquid into from the poly drum that it comes in to the metal drum where you heat, you know, you might want, you fill the heat, you fill it halfway 
so that you've got room for disbursement and um, and then you save the other stripper in your poly drum for future use. Well, that's really nice because I'll tell you, I'm tired of hearing my husband um, getting, you know, looking at his arms, getting burned and stuff. And I, sometimes I think he's just immune to it now at this point because he's been stripping for so long. Um, and we stripped mm -hmm. in our other business. We used to have a refinishing business. And so we were used to already stripping or using chemical uh, mm -hmm. for stripping and stuff. So I think he's just become immune to it. But it's nice to know that there's an eco-friendly. And um, so but what's the startup price on this uh, initial um, package? Do you have a starting yes. price? Yes. I do. I have a special on the EcoStrip startup kit. It's um, $16.99. Wow. And that's with delivery? Mm hmm Wow, that's a no, great that idea. No, that does not, that's, well, it doesn't include delivery. If you get it delivered on our truck, it's only $50. Oh, okay. And typically we'll, yeah, and we do freight quotes for people. And typically on these starter kits, I, I split the shipping if it has to go, if it has to get skidded and put on common carrier. That's nice. Um, I think that's, I, I think that's actually pretty reasonable, especially if you're just a single guy out there, uh, doing something, you know, using that you can use the eco strip at home. Uh, there's a lot of home coders, uh, people working out of their mm -hmm. garage or their barns. And, um, I think that's a great, you know, relatively inexpensive way to get started and start saving time and, and, and effort. Yes, I've been really um, excited about this new product because um, we've had um, customers, large and small, that have switched from uh, another competitor's product that was a heated product. And they said they love it because they're getting faster strip times. It's less than half the cost. And their sludge buildup is minimal. Um, the eco strip just becomes a little murky and... Um, after you strip for quite a long time, all you have to do is let it cool and then pull the, um, the eco strip chemical off the top with a pump of some sort. And then you have a little sludge at the bottom and all you have to do is evaporate that and it becomes inert. Right. And no more burns, right? No more. No, no burns. But let's go back to the burns. <laughs> I yeah. understand that B17 is. Yeah, I understand that it is an extremely aggressive product and it's an important product in certain businesses because of the speed. But safety gear is extraordinarily important. Um, you know, a, a lot of people find, I've had, well, let me back up, I've had customers that had 3,000 gallon tank of B17 and they slip, stripped over 5,000 wheels a week with a conveyor system Nobody came in contact with the B-17 and they had no burns. And then there are other people that have hoists, uh, a gantry system with a hoist and they lower it down and they bring it up and the burns are very infrequent. Uh, but then I hear about people getting burned all the time and I'm, I keep asking them, are you wearing your safety gear? Do you have your gloves and your apron? So it's just, it's a great product, but it's not real user-friendly, I will admit that, but you just have to be cautious. Right. And I, I think it's all about perception too. I mean, I, you know, I, I've not heard any kind of negative, you know, uh, feedback. And I think that if I did, I, I'd pretty much just uh, 
blame it on user, on the user, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you're putting, you're putting the product out there, but you're also being very straightforward about the kind of, uh, best practices that you need, um, to, to do that. You actually have, uh, a page on your website called best practices. So, uh, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of, if you do get any negative feedback, it's just because people are being, I don't know, uh, stupid. Well, it is, <laughs> well, and not, not even that it's, it's the person that says, Oh, I just have this little thing to strip and I'm in a hurry. And it's, since it's a little thing, it'll be fine. And the minute they go to put it in there, they drop it and it flashes back up on them because they were in a hurry and they didn't stop to put their face gear or their covering on, you know, it's yeah. just, sometimes it's just as simple as that. So you just can't let your guard down. It's just yeah. safe practices, period. Exactly. Um, so uh, do you sell, now you sell it by the barrel and you sell it by five gallon containers. That's the only two sizes, correct? No, I sell um, B17 and EcoStrip in 275 gallon totes as well. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, we, you know, we're kind of unique out here in Hawaii. And when I was cost comparison, comparing the barrel to the five gallon, I didn't know about these totes. I somehow, uh, didn't even Hmm. consider that, I guess. Um, but we actually opted for the five gallon because, uh, it was palatable. Um, and Mm -hmm. we could actually, you know, we, we couldn't really get around the shipping. I mean, shipping is just shipping here in Hawaii. And so we actually right. opted for, um, I, I think we bought like 30 or 40 five gallons. Um, and they and typically palleted, pallet is 32. Yeah, yeah. 32. Yeah. And they palleted, wrapped it. it. It didn't get damaged in shipping. It was all, it was perfectly. And I think that that says a lot about your company too is the way that you make sure that it, it everything was wrapped. Cause I mean, I tell you, I order a lot of stuff from the mainland, whether it's uh, metal equipment or, or, or anything, you know, and some of the stuff that just comes here, you know, people, it just gets damaged in shipping. And I, I was so, so worried about this, this product mm-hmm. coming here because of what it was. And it just came so quickly. It was still that all the wrapping and shipping was in, you know, intact, uh, not disturbed at all. Nothing had spilled, nothing was broken, nothing was punctured. It was just awesome. And, and it was a big relief because I didn't Good. want um, any of the shippers getting hurt or, you know, uh, or anybody in between all of that, you know, like what's this product and who's this company and, and everything like that, you know? So Mm -hmm. I was really excited that you guys took the time to wrap it just right. Um, well, safety is key for us. Safety is a key. You know, we try to coach our our customers and I want all my employees to be safe. You know, it's all of, we all, we want good things to happen for everybody. And if they're buying B17, it's, going to help them make money but it's all about keeping safe before it even begins yeah and i i think that's a really valuable core thing that you just said because i think that maybe if the buyer knew how much uh safety and um 
attention to detail that you guys do, they probably would take better care of themselves as well. You know, <laughs> it just kind of yeah, I would hope uh, so. bleeds into itself. So it's good that we're talking about this because um, I don't think a lot of users maybe that get burns more frequently uh, if they knew how important it was from, you know, how, how serious you take that. And um, there's, you know, the user's safety and well-being, maybe they would probably pay a little bit more attention to safety. So um, yes. let's continue on with best practices. And, oh, go ahead. Yes. Oh, good. Well, I, oh, in fact, I was going to talk about that. I was going to say another important thing to consider when you're using B17 is you must have proper ventilation. Yeah. That is that where you're going next? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, setup and proper I, I, ventilation. Yes, we like to tell people to, you know, the methylene chloride vapors are heavy and you will lose some as your powder coat, your stripping is going on. You will lose some. And sometimes it'll float over the top of your strip tank and down to the ground. That is where your vapors are. So you want to think of silt in water. You want to gently roll them out of your workspace and preferably into the fresh air because they just vaporize and become inert. Um, and just roll them out. If you overfan them, then you're putting them up into your breathing space and you don't want to do that. So are you recommending some kind of overhead vent, um, ventilation? I mean, if you're not, if you are working in a small space, then I would say the main thing is that you have some sort of fan or vent right over your area there or if you're working in an open space no. just make enough room to uh to to do all of this work you know like have a mm -hmm. special section in your uh shop area where that's all you're doing yes and actually because your vapors are rolling to the ground it's as simple as putting a box fan at about knee, knee height to roll the vapors out of your work area because oh, sometimes if okay. you overventilate, you're, you know, think of silt and water. You want them to roll out of the way. You don't want them to become, uh, you know, get forced up into your breathing area by overventilating them. So just a simple box fan on low helps move them out. Okay, that's good to know. Um, I'll get my husband on that because I don't think we have that set up just yet. Um, we, I mean, our place you, is kind of so, bigger, so we, we just kind of let the vapors do their thing when he pulls it out. But, um, yeah. I, I think something simple like that would be ideal. Yes. I mean, too many people think they need to suck it up into an overhead ceiling fan or an overhead ceiling, um, exhaust, but you're pulling the vapors up through your breathing area. So that's not necessarily the smartest way to do it. Yeah, and we just bought something from Granger. I was going to look online. Um, uh, I just bought, he wanted this product. It's called a, a spill palette. Uh, we bought it from Granger. I'm not sure if you sell them. Um, it's back ordered, so I can't even get it here until like probably the end of the year. But uh, are you recommending something like that if you have the uh, strip container, you know, the round barrel one? Um, you said a spill palette? Yeah, it's called a spill palette. Um, this one is 53 by, uh, by 50. It's just, just a giant square. Oh, and I see it. Okay, I just looked it up. Yeah. I Googled it. I see what you're saying. That would be 
something that would be a good thing to put underneath your strip tank, especially if you're in an area where there's um, where you don't have concrete or um, um, some of the industrial areas, you know, they'll have a concrete floor and they'll have a moat around their strip tank or excuse me, a border around their strip tank so that if there is a spill, it doesn't go any further than a small confined area. So that actually is a very good idea. And on our B-17 starter kit, we sell the overpack drum with that, which is the same concept, high-density polyethylene. It's the big yellow 95-gallon overpack drum where we sell a starter kit with that, a drum of B-17, and then all the safety gear um, for uh, just under $1,000. Yeah, that's... um... I didn't know you sold the whole kit there. Maybe that is that something new or have you always had that? Because I remember kind of considering the metal, a metal strip tank, uh, buying one of those from you and having it shipped. But I thought the shipping was going to just be outrageous if I did that. So we opted for no, we, the plastic container. Okay. No, we just started that. And actually you'll be, you'll see, um, you'll see that promo on our website probably tomorrow. We ran it a, a while back and it was very popular. Um, and I think it's a really good way to, for people to get started. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, and I think everybody should be, you know, if they're uh, complaining about um, getting jobs done on time, maybe they've got too many jobs and they can't get them done fast enough or sandblasting isn't just cutting it. You need something um, much more than that, especially when you're doing wheels. I mean, this is definitely, uh, it was a game changer for us, but let's continue on. So like what sub, uh, what substrates or types of metal can you use with B17? Um, any of them, all of them, none of them, what are, what do you have? <laughs> um, uh, B17 works really well on, if we're talking wheels, steel, aluminum, the only, thing that it's a little bit too aggressive for is if you have a lot of magnesium or softer metals coming through magnesium um you need to back down to our b14 but most wheel refinishers are doing aluminum alloy wheels heavy duty and b17 is the way to go yeah, you need I, to babysit it oh okay no go ahead yeah i was gonna say when you first start using b17 you need to kind of babysit it and, t- and, and check every three to five minutes until you understand how quickly things go so that you don't have any um, mishaps. B17 will etch your substrate slightly, but a lot of people love that for readhesion. But if you leave something in your B17 overnight, it'll look like Swiss cheese in the morning. So that's why I say you've got to kind of babysit it so you understand it for a while. And then once you get to understand it and you've been using it for a while, you know, you can, you can say, well, this wheel's probably going to take 20 minutes to 40 minutes. And then, you know, to check it. Correct. I mean, it's the, yeah. I assume that's what you guys do. Exactly. And he's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's done enough stripping now where I know he knows how long it takes to, he doesn't even have to go back and check it now. He just puts it on a timer and then, you know, he's that confident mm-hmm. with it. And I think it just takes a little bit of time. There's probably a little bit of a learning curve there. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. You know, you just have to learn your product and learn your business, you know, using this product. You know, this one, uh, this next question, um, you know, was uh, kind of an interesting one because 
I guess because we live in the tropics, my husband never really got a heating band for the, uh, so we actually don't even use a heat band, but I guess we're in the tropics, so maybe it's not as critical as maybe someone that lives in a colder climate. Can you go over that? Yes. We do not recommend any heating on B-17 because if you heat B-17 over over the point of 104 degrees, 100, 104, then you release those methylene chloride vapors and you're going to upset that wonderful blend that strips so quickly and efficiently. Oh, so, okay. Um, yes, I mean, the EcoStrip needs to be heated because you have to heat, it strips at 180. But okay, B-17 does not. Now, the cold climates, um, the colder climates, some people find that their seven, B-17 slows down. That's normal because the chemicals start to get a little cooler. So they can heat it to like 80, but um, never recommend over that. And most people just, you know, it might double their strip time, but they don't mess with heating it. Sounds good. Um, I'm glad I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But um, uh, I think we've talked about containers. Um, Were there any other things that we wanted to cover with on containers? Just that you sell them now. Um, We do sell them, but I mean, a lot of people that are in this industry can fabricate like easily. And if that's the case, I welcome a phone call and I will help you design your tank. It needs to be heavy gauge steel um, and heavy duty welds and other things. And I have examples of photographs that I can show them to help them with their tank. And then because everybody's business and workflow is so different, it's they may think of something totally different than what we've made that's much more efficient for them. So, you know, it's everybody's in this business I find is so creative and they understand their workflow and what they need. So I'm happy to work with them in any way I can to help them achieve what what they need to make a better business. That's great. It's nice to know that when you're buying a product that you're getting um that it's not a guarantee, but just like that camaraderie or relationship um, that that you're going to help them get started or established or help them solve their problems Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, stripping and and chemicals and stuff. That's awesome. Uh, Because I never really, really would have thought of doing that. (laughs) You know, like I guess Ross would just be, I don't know, Googling it somewhere else. Who knows? But it's nice to know we can just pick up the phone call and, and call you guys. Yes, please. When you buy from Benco, you're you're entering a relationship. We're all in this together. Yeah. And you're certainly right about the creativity of custom coders. Uh, hands down, they are probably the most uh, industrialist people I, I, I have met um, in terms of mm-hmm. problem solving. So uh, talking oh, absolutely. about... I... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I learn new things every day from my customers. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go over maintenance on uh, the product. Uh, And maybe there's a difference between what you do with B17 and B17E on some of your other products. Uh, But first and foremost, how do you remove the sludge? What's the best, uh, best actions to take when you're doing that part? All right. Well, as far as removing sludge, don't bother removing it until it starts to get in your way because you don't want to aerate your product in order to encourage evaporation. 
everybody has a different way they like to do it. I've built some prototypes of, you know, kind of a, sh- a shovel looking thing with that's perforated so that you can pull your sludge up. It, everybody has a different way they like to do it, but typically it's a, some kind of a screen and hopefully soon I will have something I will, I can sell that will help. Um, but even a perforated shovel to pull up the sludge, allow all the liquid to fall back into your tank. And then you take that sludge and you can put it on a piece of um, plywood. You can put it out in the sun and cook it until it totally dries. And a lot of people, to be extra cautious, they'll take that dry sludge, pop it in their oven and make sure it's crispy. Because once you do that, you know all the chemicals have evaporated and you will not be creating any problems by disposing it in a dumpster at that point in time. And to take extra measure, you can put some baking soda in it, mix it with some bentonite or some pot ash, whatever you have, and then it's it's safe. Um, your As far as maintaining the B-17 itself, that's the sludge, that's all you have to do. You do have to um, maintain your water bath or prepare your water bath. You can use it over and over again until it gets too dirty to, to stand. But you just want to make certain you can take a cheap swimming pool tester, check the pH, make sure the pH is between 8 and 10 for your best results because you don't want any acid left on there to try to repowder um, because it won't, it won't re, you won't get your best results. Um, you can manage the pH with, depending on the size of your water tank, with baking soda or we sell caustic liquid. If you have a huge water tank, caustic liquid is really economical. Everybody does something different. Some people like to use TSP. And that works as well. They're putting that in the water bath to neutralize. Yes, you put that in the water bath to keep the pH between 8 and 10. Oh, okay. Um, Now, one of the other things that I see my husband do, um, I'm not sure if it's recommended or 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 what but he doesn't fill it all the way to the top he kind of leaves it more like uh, about a third of the way up the tank i mean he's only just enough to where uh it can sub- submerge <clears throat> and cover that rim um mm-hmm. but he you know because obviously when you put something in the volume of the water you know of the of the liquid yeah. goes up so right. I would guess that you're recommending that people don't fill it all the way up to the top. Correct. We're talking about the B-17 tank, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the, yes, because you have to plan for displacement. And a lot of times I recommend that they take their tank that they're going to use and they put uh, their normal size product, typically it's a wheel. You put a wheel in there and then fill it with 17 just to top off. So you're just a little bit over the top of that wheel. And that would be your maximum fill that you need in order to strip. And then, you know, once they pull the wheel out, they'll see where that level is. Because it's best to have your level no higher than 12 inches from the top of the tank. Because of that vaporization of the methylene chloride, once you pull your wheel out and it's, the vapors will go back into the liquid and it'll be maintained in there. Yeah, that's Does a that good, make sense? very good. Yeah, totally. It, okay. Yeah, it, it made sense to me. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, I mean, a, a lot of people may who are just considering maybe even buying B17. These are some of the points that we need to cover so that when they do get it, they're not um, they understand exactly what they need to do. So this is great. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk safety gear. Um, you have on your website um, a, a page just for this. Um, and I know it sounds like a lot of what is on this list is actually included in that kit or that starter kit that we were talking about earlier, correct? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, we recommend heavy-duty rubber gloves, over 30 mils. We have 30, I believe we have 35 and 50 mil gloves. Um, and then we, on the starter kit, we supplied the rubber apron. And that's great because it goes down below the knees, typically, unless, of course, you're, you know, seven feet tall. Um, and then, you know, it's a, it's a matter of covering your skin. Um, then that, that comes with a face shield. Uh, face shields have been hard to come by. We used to have some really nice face shields with our kits. But since COVID, we've had to go to what we could get. So I apologize if the face shields are a disappointment. Hopefully we'll get back to our normal one. We always um, include in that kit a calcium gluconate tube, which is um, uh, a salve for acid burns. So if it splashes on you for some reason and misses your glove and hits your skin, rinse it with water real quick, and then you put the calcium gluconate on, and that helps neutralize any acids that are on your skin to minimize that burn. Oh, that's good because uh, I didn't – do you sell that separately? I think we could order some of yeah. that today. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. We've used, um, I, I know that in terms of what we've used in uh, afterburns or whatever is like the silver cream. Uh, the, it's like a uh, hand cream that has silver, uh, silver mm -hmm. nitrate in it, I guess. Um, and it uh, helps neutral. I don't know if it's, I'm saying nitrate, right? But it does have silver in it. So that actually helps heal the skin. I ended up with a yes. second degree burn um, on my hand uh, many years ago, not from stripping, of course, I was, uh, pouring hot water. It was one of those kitchen disasters. Oh. And I'll tell you, it was one of the worst burns I'd ever, I mean, it was one of the worst things that had ever happened to me. And I've, I've been lucky enough not to be in any car accidents or anything like that, but I'll tell you getting a, a third degree burn on your hand is, is just not, it's the worst, one of the worst things that can happen. So, I mean, um, yeah, very painful. Put, yeah. And they put some kind of a silver staff, um, at the clinic on hmm. my hand and that really helped too. So it's nice that you're, con okay. you know, having all this, uh, available to people, uh, that they can come back and order uh, over and over again on the gloves. I remember ordering gloves, uh, for Ross and he, there were two kinds, right? There was one that was thicker, but then something I, I remember uh, her talking about which one I wanted. And one actually, if you get it near a razor, if it cuts really easily. Uh, there's two kinds of gloves, right? One does one thing and one does the other, right? Right. Um, if um, the ones that cut easily, those are the ones that um, are meant for the furniture strippers that need to have more pliability in their fingers. Right, um, okay. And um, then the other ones, the 50 mils, are electrical lineman gloves. And they, um, that didn't quite meet spec for the electrical lineman, 
and we were able to get some, and that's why we offer them at such a great price. Um, we do quality check them here. We blow air them, make sure there's no holes. Yeah, makes sense. And what sizes do the gloves come in? Uh, they come, some of them come in size, you know, 10, 11, 12, and some just come in small, medium, and they're large. It just depends and on which glove you go with. It's just men's sizes. Are there women's sizes too, or just men's? Uh, it's kind of a universal size. I have small hands and I fit in the, I use the nine, um, in the big heavy duty gloves and they do pretty well for me. I go do ahead. recommend if you can, if you can put your item on a hoist or a hook or something like that. So you don't have to come in contact with it until after your water bath. That is the safest thing to do. Okay. And in terms of like, I mean, I would assume if you're in a job shop, hopefully you're wearing at least tennis shoes, uh, not slippers or anything like that. Yeah. Um, or flip flops or whatever mainland people call slippers. We call them slippers here. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I would, I would assume steel toed boots or some kind of, you know, uh, heavy duty work boot or, or protection on your feet in case something does. I mean, that seems like the more likely that a drip would happen and it would land right on top of your foot. Absolutely. And that is, I mean, when that's kind of goes back to safe practices, if you're going to be in a shop, you should have steel toed boots. You should have heavy duty boots on, not necessarily pennies or flip flops or what do you call them? Flippers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. A big, big controversy here in Hawaii with slippers versus flip-flops. Um, and it's good to know that you're on all these boards and that you're really paying attention to your business and, and you know, like that you're involved in, in that part of the community, you know? Well, yeah, there's so much misinformation. There's so much misinformation about that, about methylene chloride-based strippers. And then the other thing that I didn't touch on that probably should have is so many people think that methylene chloride-based strippers are carcinogenic. And methylene chloride is not a carcinogen. It's been tested and tested. Uh, Kodak did a 20-year study on their employees that were exposed to far more um, vapors than um, what our stripper would expose you to for 20 years. And there was no incidence, increase of cancer. I guess that's kind of been the thing for us is when we, you know, when we uh, have our employees, Ross has always been the one to kind of um, manage the stripping part of the job uh, just because he, he does want to limit his access to uh, the employees. Mm -hmm. How do you have any insights or, or tips on that in terms of, you know, allowing employees or just maybe designating one person to, to be in charge of stripping all the time? That would be, you need to train at least one person. It depends on how much volume you've got going, but one or two people that are really well trained on the safety of using the product is important. And um, like when we hire anybody here, we have a, we have a list of what we go through for safety. And um, we check it off as we go. And then they sign to say, yes, I, I listened to you. I understand. And then they have some personal accountability to make certain that they're very safe because they've been trained. Um, and I find that a lot of customers that do that have better success 
than um, any kind of loose training. They make it um, a little bit more stringent and formalized, um, and that helps. I agree, and I think that's, um, it, you know, it just, it's just a way as a business owner to protect your business is to really pay attention to the safety and the OSHA standards um, because it's yeah. there for a reason, um, to protect your business. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's, as we're wrapping up, talk about, uh, the specials that are on your website or navigating your website. What's the best way to order or, you know, this product, whether it's the starter kit or just a reorder, is it, um, what's the best way to contact you guys? The best way to do that is to send an email or call. You can send an email to office at bencosales.com or you can call our main number, which is on the site, which is 931-484-9578. And we have customer service people here that answer the phones and they will help you as much as they possibly can get you exactly what you want. If you have more questions, then I typically get the calls and I can answer any question. I did recently hire um, a national salesperson and he's learning things very quickly. And so he would be another contact that we could put you in contact with, but you will be taken care of. It's not just, you know, punching something on the internet and saying, send this to me. We like to help because of course, there are many times when people call and say, I have something that's way too big to submerge in my tank. Well, we have a semi-paced version of B-17. And so we, it's our B-15. And then we explain how to use that, the best practices, how to clean it up and all of that. And it's much, the question and answers gives you much more information than um, just ordering off the internet. Well, that's good. And I like the fact that you actually uh, put up regularly when the trucks are leaving because it helps me time my order right? Uh, yes. You know, so you guys generally keep that well up to date or you'll post it on social media. I believe you have an Instagram, correct? Yes, we have an Instagram and a Facebook. And the office manager does a great job of posting that whenever there's a change in shipping or we schedule out the next couple months, she always posts it so people can plan ahead. Yeah, and I think I've even had conversations with her uh, direct message on Instagram. So she, you know, a lot of um, custom coders, you know, they're just looking for that instant communication or connection. And um, I don't know, I haven't been tech, you know, uh, messaging her recently, but I know that I have asked her. And that's when I found out about the two different kinds of gloves uh, was through a, a direct messaging on Instagram. Uh but yes, you guys are really responsive with the emails and getting back to us and stuff like that. So I'm so happy to have you on the show to really clarify uh, what your product does, how to use it, how to protect yourself. Um, and I really appreciate you guys coming on to talk about it uh, because so many custom coders need this product today. So thanks for joining us. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. And you're having that special, uh, I guess the starter kit is should be up on the website tomorrow. Is that what you said? It should be. Um, I asked my web guy to put it back up for tomorrow. And we'll probably run that special 
till Thanksgiving. Give people plenty of time. Yeah. And tell us about it one more time. The special is there's two starter kits available. One is um, the B-17 starter kit, which gives you the big yellow overpack drum, which holds, you know, it's a 95 gallon, so you won't have to fill it very high, of course. And it gives you a drum of B-17. You get uh, an apron, you get heavy duty gloves, you get a siphon pump, you get the burn cream and a face shield. And that's $9.99. That does not include tax or shipping. The, um, the starter kit for the Eco Strip includes a metal drum with a drum heater for your heating. It includes a poly drum full of our Eco Strip chemical. You also get an apron and gloves and a face shield and the um, siphon pump. And that's $16.99 without tax or shipping. Right. And you're paying a lot. You're paying just a little bit more for that, but you're saving your skin. And I'm, I'm kind of interested in trying this uh, eco strip now. Uh, I think we'll try to order that on, you know, a couple of uh, it comes in a five gallon or does it only come in the drum? It only comes in drums. It doesn't make sense to do it in five gallons, but you give me a call and let me know. I mean, if, if we've got a customer that says it only works if we can do it in this kind of a quantity or this kind of a size, there many times that we can we can help you out. So it just it's just a, ask the question and we'll figure it out. But typically yeah, it's I'm, just a five fifty five gallon drum. I'm thinking of all the yeti coat. mug people, you know, the people that do yeti mugs or or smaller, mm-hmm. just really small stuff, you know, that could really. Well, you're right. You know? You're right. They can. Um, that's something new that I didn't think about. And that you could just use a crock pot, a big crock pot to heat it. Right. Right. You're not, you're not talking about a huge investment um, yeah. to get started. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, I think that's, you never know who's listening to the show, Valerie. <laughs> you're going to get some <laughs> <new> customers. <laughs> well, thanks for, again for joining us today. And if you also would like to, we'd like to thank our supportive followers and fellow powder coders out there. I hope you've learned something new about your powder coating business. Please comment, share, follow, and like the podcast. Uh, If you have a topic you'd like to discuss, email us at info at MauiPowderWorks.com.